0: There are infinite ways you can connect with the people you really want to serve and just get really curious about what's their lived experience, what's their day-to-day life like, where do they really bump up against themselves, their own thoughts, their own, you know, self-limiting beliefs, whatever area it is that you want to help them.
1: Welcome to Royalty Redefined, where you become the queen or king of your life. If you're ready to thrive as a visionary leader and really step into your power as the creator of your reality, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Christina Kelly. I'm a coach to seven and eight figure brands and keynote speaker who loves helping ambitious leaders create the impact they were born to create. Now it's your turn, let's dive in. Today's podcast interview is just the thing that you need if you feel like you are meant for more in life and are craving support and community around new ways to get there. The guest who I have on today's show is actually someone who I heard on another podcast about a year ago. And as soon as I heard her speak, I knew that she would be an absolute dream guest for me to interview. Fast forward a little while later, and I actually ended up meeting this incredible woman at another event in the Scottsdale area that I was attending. She is so real. She is so genuine, and she is so successful, but really with the mindset that Business and life really is better when we can do it together and when we are truly leading from the heart. This woman has so many credentials that I'm going to get into, but just to kind of pique your interest, I do also have to let you know that besides a lot of heartfelt conversations and just amazing honest truths, We are also talking about a little bit of twerking on this episode, so if you're interested, then you definitely need to keep on listening. The guest that we have on this show is Lindsay Schwartz, and she is a best-selling author and the founder of Powerhouse Woman. Fiercely committed to supporting other women, Lindsay invests her time in mentoring women and girls of all ages. She's also an investor in female-founded companies, including beverage brand Light Pink. After seeing numerous women in her life stop short of pursuing their own entrepreneurial dreams because of fear and self doubt, she saw the need for more honest conversations about the ups and downs of entrepreneurship in order to show women that they don't have to have it all together to get started. From there, the Powerhouse Woman Community annual event and podcast were born with the motto that we're not meant to do business or life alone. This podcast interview is so inspirational, so motivational, but also packed with tangible action steps that you can do today in order to make your big dreams come to life and to build the confidence and community that you were always meant to have on the way. Enjoy the interview. Lindsay, welcome to the Royalty Redefined show. I am so excited to have you on the show today. And I know that the way that we met was actually me seeing you at an event. And I had heard you on another podcast. I ran up to you and was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I already know so much about you because I've heard you on the show. And for anyone listening, Lindsay is that woman who has just done so many incredible things in her career, but also like she's the way she is in person in the same way on a podcast and on a show. And so I'm just so excited to have you here and to have a really great conversation together.
0: Oh, you are the sweetest. And I am so honored to be here. It's, it is cool that we live in this world, that we have so many digital ways to connect with people. And yet I am such an in-person girl. So whenever I get to drop in, even though we're technically using technology, whenever I get to drop in really to connect with someone, it's the best. So let's do it.
1: Perfect. Well, something that I always love to start out by asking guests on the show is really a little bit about your childhood and really a lot of the things that shaped you into who you are today.
0: Such a great question. I think about this a ton and I don't know, I'm kind of like nerdy. I love to dig into like birth order and all of that stuff. And who knows if it's really true or valid, but I am the oldest of three. I grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I think being from the Midwest is a big part of what shaped who I am. And there was always this knowing deep down inside that I just wanted to be great. I don't, I don't even know how to put it other than if I was pursuing something, like I really wanted to push myself to be the best at it. And some of that manifested in unhealthy ways, some perfectionism. I was just really afraid of not being good at something. So there were a lot of things that I avoided early on in life that maybe I would have loved and would have thrived in doing. But deep down, I just always felt like I was meant for more. And being from a, a smaller town from the Midwest, where there just weren't as many people around me doing you know, the really, really big things. I didn't know any entrepreneurs. It wasn't until I finished college, moved to Phoenix, and just started to be exposed to different people and ideas that I was like, oh, I'm not alone. There are other people who just dream really, really big. That's not to say that people from my hometown don't. I just didn't meet as many of them. So um, it it's still the like the, I think most defining part of my life that I grew up in such a loving environment where people are really the focus. I think that's why I'm, I love people so much. And pe- hopefully people can feel that from me when we get to interact. And I just knew I was meant for more. And, and I had to take that scary step of leaving a, such a comfortable place in order to find that.
1: This is all so powerful. And it's also funny that you say the Midwest because my mom actually lived in the Midwest for a little bit before moving out here to Arizona. I'm curious, what part of the Midwest?
0: I grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and I went to school in Wisconsin as well, a really small town called Eau Claire. And then I moved out to Phoenix after that. So yeah, Wisconsin girl at heart. That's
1: so cool. My mom grew up in Sheboygan and Milwaukee.
0: No, wait, my husband is obsessed with the word Sheboygan, like the first time he (laughs) said is. And for any of you listening, who've never been to Wisconsin, we just have the weirdest sounding city and town names. And Sheboygan is like a real place. And my husband like just loves to randomly yell Sheboygan um, for no apparent reason. It's just like his favorite word. So uh, it's yeah, that's a real place.
1: (laughs) That's so funny. What a small world. But just to kind of pick out a couple of key things that you mentioned here. I love that it sounds like from a young age, you were just driven from something like outside of yourself. And this is really a common theme that I've noticed with a lot of guests who come on the show is they're like, you know what? I almost don't know why, but I had this pull to push myself in this new way. I had this pull to really get myself in these environments where I could be dreaming bigger and doing bigger things. And I love that it sounds like you just had that gut instinct. But I also know that when you are doing those big and scary things, It can feel big and scary. And so I would actually love to know if you can think back to your first memory of being in those rooms with people who are doing maybe bigger things and how you pushed yourself to that and really what that was like for you.
0: Well, you are speaking such truth because even this week, I am pursuing things right now that are big. They're stretching me and I am constantly having to get out of my own way. I think I believed at some point that I would reach a level of success where you just don't really deal with that anymore, but that's not true. In fact, I think the fear and the things that I've had to overcome just grow in proportion to the size of the goal that I'm pursuing. So I, I don't know what necessarily the earliest memory was. I have all of these flashes of times in my life now looking back. Where I realized that I just chose comfort over my own, my own growth. So I really loved dance. And I remember trying out for the high school dance team and just going to the first day of tryouts. And then I wasn't even that bad, but I just felt intimidated. I walked into a room having graduated from a really small school, uh, which basically preschool through eighth grade, and then went to public high school. So from a class of eight, to a class of over 400. And I just felt really like the small fish in the big pond. And I remember being so intimidated that I went home crying and I never went back, never tried out for the dance team. I know maybe that ties into my life goal of being one of the golden grannies dancers, because then I'll get to like finally live that dance team reality. But I remember so many of these little moments, even, you know, in school where I, instead of challenging myself, I was pretty good at school and I, I was smart. I, I am smart. And I wouldn't take the class that I didn't know I could get an A in. I would choose the one that was more comfortable for me that I knew I could control the outcome. And that really played out in so many different ways throughout my life, even up to my first business where I was really exposed to all of those big thinking people, like you mentioned. It was a network marketing business. And you know, it was the first time that I was in a room of people where I was like, "Whoa, okay, where have these people been my whole life? They dream so big and they talk about personal development, but I really struggled in that business, bumping up against myself for this same reason." I just now looking back realize that it, it was such a tricky thing that I, I was really giving maybe seventy percent of my full potential on a good day, and. My 70% could still get me all the results that most people would want. I made money. I was able to leave my job and pursue that business full time, had recognition, awards, speaking on stages. But when you know that there's more deep down for you to give, you cannot deny that. You can't ignore it. And it wasn't until my early 30s when I started to take the steps that, that created what people see now as powerhouse women that was the first time. Literally the first time in my entire life that I actually started to lean into things that I didn't know if I would be good at. And that's ultimately what changed my life. But that was a pattern. And I don't even know if that's that's exactly the answer to the question you asked, but I think it's so important to share that. All of my life leading up to this point was really pointing me to that lesson. And it wasn't until I leaned into the things that really scared me, scared me so much. I would cry. I had to look inward at all the fears that were coming up. It wasn't until I started to pursue some of those things that this feeling of just restlessness inside went away because that feeling was telling me that there was just untapped potential that I wasn't using. And I don't think we can ignore that forever.
1: This is all so powerful. And first of all, thank you so much for really sharing authentically what a lot of this was like for you and even a lot of the struggles that you've had along the way. That's one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on the show today because I think so often, you know, we see the end result, which is amazing, but it's really sharing that journey that I think makes so many more, especially women, feel seen and like they're not alone. And With everything you're saying, too, the thing I really want to pick out that I find very unique and beautiful and something that listeners can probably relate to is that it was really within your own heart that you felt a calling that was deeper than what you were seeing on the outside. You just mentioned here that obviously you were doing incredible things within your career and speaking and making the money and all these things, but it was really within your own heart and within your own sense of restlessness is how you described it that You just realized that there was something more for you, maybe something that didn't make sense. But what I'm sensing here is just really you being great at tapping into your intuition.
0: And I don't know that I was aware that that's what I was doing. I have strengthened my intuition and my trust in it so much more in the years that followed, but I did. And and that's such a great point to, to bring up because so often I see in the communities that you and I are in, you know, we're often getting answers that are right for us and they might not look logical. They might not make sense to anyone else around us or people, especially people who knew us as one version of ourselves. And that takes a lot of courage to trust yourself, but it's never led me wrong. It just hasn't ever led me wrong.
1: Love all of this. Now I'm curious to know, what would you say is probably one of the most quote unquote, illogical things you've ever done that ended up leading to a lot of joy and and fulfillment for you?
0: Oh, that's such a great question. I
1: think, gosh, on the
0: surface, to me, it made Perfect sense to leave my first corporate job to pursue my network marketing business because I was bringing in income. Like I had proven results. The most illogical, scariest to probably everyone else but me decision to make was when I knew that I was being called to go all in on what Powerhouse Women is today because I would have been leaving and taking my focus off of that successful network marketing business where I had the awards, the recognition, the speaking opportunities. And Powerhouse Women was not making money at the time. We had hosted a couple of events. We were making money, but not profit. We weren't like tremendously profitable. And yet I just knew, I knew there was something really great that I could do with it. But I also knew that it was going to require all of me. And I was really trying to be all of me in both worlds, still growing my network marketing team and then pursuing this new vision. And I couldn't explain it. I just knew that I had to choose one or the other. And everything in me was was pulling me to lean into Powerhouse Women. Now, what that looked like, luckily, given the nature of network marketing, I still to this day work, collect residual income. But it's diminished over time. So I knew that by stepping away from that, energetically giving myself permission to not put time into that anymore, it was going to start to diminish. But the biggest, I think the biggest thing that I was afraid of was the people I would have to disappoint. The people who counted on me to be the leader and the people who Wanted me to still show up in that way in that world, and that was probably one of my biggest fears. Was I knew it was going to not make sense to a lot of people who I had, you know, uh, I brought into this vision of what that company could provide, and they they didn't want me to leave. So it didn't make a lot of sense at the time, but I will never forget. Within sixty days of of making that decision, like the firm, energetic decision. And starting to put things in place to leave that all together, I had the biggest financial breakthrough of, well, not now I've had bigger ones, but that I had had ever in that it, within 60 days. And it, you know, you've probably experienced this too. I always tell the women that I mentor, we don't get the confirmation until we've made the actual decision and we're not going to look back. I don't know why that is. I don't know what twisted universal law that is that like, we want the certainty before we make the decision. I don't know why God has it like concealed until we take that step in faith. And that doesn't mean it's always going to work out every time, but my biggest breakthroughs have always come on the other side of taking that step in faith. Even if I don't know exactly how it's going to work out.
1: Hmm. This is all so powerful. And as you're speaking, Again, what I'm feeling is just you so strongly being able to connect to, I almost want to say, the greater powers that be that know ultimately what's best for all of us and really being able to follow the callings on your soul. But I also think it's so amazing what you just said here where you took that leap without knowing the full path. And I think that, you know, even if we are already very well established in one business, maybe there's another business that we want to start or something new we want to do. And we are waiting for that moment of like, all right, I'm ready for the full path, then I'll go. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. And with what you just spoke to right here, I love how you just really took it within yourself to take that leap, even before maybe you felt quote unquote ready, knowing that, you know, the rest of the staircase would reveal itself. Going back to this moment, I would love to know if there was a certain thing that happened that really spurred you to go all in on Powerhouse Woman, or if maybe it was a combination of a couple things.
0: Great question. You know, it was this interesting season where, okay, a couple of things. I had been feeling this way for a while that what I was putting my focus on, the way I was approaching the network marketing business wasn't for me forever. Now I say this a lot. I, I think I could have created my own breakthrough within that world. Maybe that business would have like really ultimately worked out for me. Even when I joined though, I, I think I knew deep down that wasn't the only thing I'd ever do. But I ignored that feeling for a while, really gave in to those people pleasing tendencies and, and stayed for longer than I should have in, in order to avoid disappointing people. And ultimately, I think I don't, I don't want to make this seem so gloom and doom, but things started to really not work well within that business. I started to notice that because I had allowed myself to continue on in certain patterns, in certain relationships, all of a sudden it was starting to take a toll on those relationships. Um, I ended up like having this inner conflict with some people that I worked really closely with that, you know, now looking back, I'm like, well, duh, it was literally as though God was screaming at me like, honey, this isn't for you. (laughs) Let it go. Right. I (laughs) was thinking about like when I was in like my college relationship and it was clearly not the person I was supposed to marry, but I just kept being like, let me see if I could try to make this work. And I just kept getting all of the signs that it, that it wasn't meant to work. So I think that there were these small signs along the way but then i came to this point where the women i was really pouring into and that was that was the group of people i was most afraid to disappoint because they really trusted me they said look we want to we want to attach our vision to yours and we want to build a business alongside you and i took that really seriously so i was at this point where in one season all of a sudden this core group of women all had life happen where they had to take a step away for a moment. And I found myself without anyone really like depending on me directly. And I knew there was something in me that kind of said, go now or you probably never will.
1: Oh, I just got so many chills.
0: Mm -hmm. And you know, again, it wasn't that I just closed my business down the next day. It was really more of an energetic permission given to myself making the decision that I don't know how this is go, but I'm going to give this business all of my energy. In my mind, I didn't have like a timeline. I I didn't say like, I'm going to give it my energy for a year. I just knew I was going to give it enough time and enough of my full energy to see what could happen. And I had to have some tough conversations, right? I had to let people know, and I had to set that business up to thrive without me, which stepping away from that really showed me how it wasn't actually good leadership of me in the first place to create a business that relied so heavily on me. I wasn't actually leading those people. And that was such a valuable lesson to realize that I had kind of created myself a job where people depended on me a little too much. That's why it felt so hard to step away. So there's always lessons when we're looking for them, even in the really, really hard parts. But that ultimately was was that moment when I knew if I don't do it now, I don't think I ever will.
1: Every time you say that, I just get like these crazy chills going through my body. That just feels so, so powerful and expansive and also very, the word I almost want to use is faded. It's like you knew something was right for you. And I'm sure that there's a woman listening to this right now who is in that position where maybe it's within her own business. Maybe it's within someone else's business. She is feeling called to take a leap and to do something new. I would love to know what you would say to her
0: first of all i would say i see you and i would reiterate that it it takes insane courage and it takes insane an insane level of just trust in yourself not that you're going to make the perfect decision i don't think there's such a thing but it's you know what it is it's deciding to bet on you it's saying you know no one else may get this but i trust this feeling so deeply that I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to bet on myself. I think that's the one thing I can say that I've had in this journey is I've just had this this belief in myself, even though I deal with imposter syndrome, I deal with all of those things. At the end of the day, I actually have a tattoo that says, no matter what, I'm like, you can't see it right here, but (laughs) it says no matter what, because I just know I'm going to be successful no matter what, even if it doesn't look the way I thought it would. I'm never going to give up on me. And when you have when you can cultivate and it is something I've had to cultivate over years. When you cultivate that level of trust in yourself and that's something I love talking with women about is like how do we actually build trust with ourselves? That's confidence. What we think is confidence is actually no it's just building up trust in yourself. You, you can't fail in the way that like we typically think about failure because even if the path that I chose ended up sending me in another direction, I knew I would be fine. I would figure that out. If everything I have today were gone tomorrow, I know myself as the person who could do it again or do something different and, and build it bigger. And that kind of freedom makes you so much more willing to take those risks and to bet on yourself, especially in those times when no one else around you can see what you can see and, and they're not supposed to, you also have to remember this would be the last thing I would tell any of you yeah. listening who are like, yeah, that's me right now. Don't worry if no one else can see it because that vision was given to you for a reason. The other people aren't supposed to be able to see it. It's It's your vision. And every great leader, if you study Martin Luther King Jr., if you study any of the greats, they could see a vision that most people at first could not see. So just trust that you've been gifted with this vision for a reason. And yes, it does take a tremendous amount of courage to follow that, especially early on when
1: there might be some opposition, but that's okay. This is also powerful for anyone who loved that. You can just like hit the rewind button and go and listen to that again. You're welcome. (laughs) I love that. I want that to be like a pep pep talk I listen to every morning now. But that was so powerful. And something that I really want to pick out from that that you said is that you've been gifted with this vision for a reason. I think sometimes we think, and myself included, by the way, I'll just like call myself out super fast. I think sometimes we think that like the vision that we're being given is like random or maybe it's too big for us or, well, we really want it, but maybe it's not meant for me because I'm not smart enough or whatever it is. And I just love how what you just mentioned here was really just reiterating to all of us that if you have some sort of a vision in your heart, you know, it's also, I believe, your responsibility to follow that and to go after it even on the days when it feels hard. And I love, too, how what you mentioned here is also imposter syndrome, which I think that all of us struggle with. And I think it's such an important thing for us to talk about because... I think sometimes we almost feel like it's going to go away soon. we're almost like waiting for that moment. But with each new level comes a new feeling of, okay, do I really belong here? I would love it if you can touch on, if you have any specific like practices or mindset shifts or tools that you've been able to implement in your own life in order to really build that confidence and that trust in yourself for building out your greater vision.
0: Yes. Oh, my favorite thing to talk about. And I say this as someone who has battled so deeply with her own sense of imposter syndrome. So I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, got back in line, just keep riding the ride because here, here's what I learned. And I say this from the standpoint of now I own this as my truth. This isn't some quote that I read online. I, I literally remember writing something similar in my first book, but I didn't own it yet right? So like, I loved this notion that we should feel like an imposter. Most of the time, if you're really dreaming big enough, I want you to hear my heart on this. If you are dreaming big enough, you should feel like an imposter. If you don't, I would challenge you that you haven't scratched the surface of what you're actually capable of. Like if you could see your way fully to making that thing happen, whatever your vision is. If right now you could sit down and say, yeah, I'm just going to quick map out the plan. I don't doubt myself whether or not I could do it. I think that vision should actually be bigger because if you aren't required to grow in the pursuit of it, it's actually not reaching your full potential. And so I think learning to reframe and just having these reminders for myself when when I am actively feeling like, who am I to do this thing? I come back to my reminders. Number one, that's, that feeling is a sign that I'm about to grow. Imposter syndrome is inherently something that anyone who dreams really big is going to encounter because what you're seeing is you're seeing a vision of yourself in the future or this thing you want to create in the future. And you're just not that person yet. It's, it would be weird if you were, if you just woke up tomorrow and you're like, yes, my five-year self, I can just transform into her like with Cinderella's you know, fairy godmother's magic wand. There's ultimately gonna be a gap between who you are now and who you need to become in order to have that result and sustain it. So imposter syndrome, all that is, is you're starting to become aware of the gap. There's just a gap. And that gap is your opportunity to grow. It's your opportunity to... Everything I've been saying here, it's your opportunity to live the lesson and then own it. And that is how you build trust in yourself. Confidence and trust in yourself are built by keeping one promise at a time. And I really want you to think about this. When you say, oh, I've got this vision to start, a, start my podcast. This was me. For years, I had podcast equipment collecting dust in a closet. Before I ever had my own show, before I ever wrote my book or did any of the things people know me for today. Day after day, I had all of the tools necessary. I had someone who was willing to teach me how to do it. And instead, I listened to the voice that said, you know, it's just not really a great time right now. You're kind of busy. Who, who's gonna listen to you? You don't know what really what you're talking about. There's so many other people. And every time I listened to that voice, instead of the one that said, hey, This is meant for you. You have this idea. And clearly that means someone needs to hear it. Every time I chose the other voice, I doubted myself a little bit more. It wasn't until later when I wrote my first book that I put myself in an accountability structure that really wouldn't let me fail. And I tried. I tried to quit three times. But every single time I showed back up, ugly, ugly cry, mascara running down my face. Like, I don't know why I'm even doing this, but I did it anyway. I proved to myself that I believed in me just a little bit more. And it wasn't an overnight. Oh, now I just trust myself. Now I believe in myself. We have to realize that every time we choose comfort over growth, we are sacrificing our own confidence. We're sacrificing our own trust in ourselves because if you think about how that would feel if a friend kept making promises to you and then not keeping them, that's not the person you're building trust with. And it works the same way with ourselves. When I learned that lesson, it changed my fitness. It changed my marriage. It changed my finances and my business. That confidence and trust in yourself are literally built by keeping one promise at a time to yourself.
1: This is also powerful, namely because, first of all, you are not just talking the talk. I know you're walking the walk over here, but also because the way that you broke this down is very attainable, right? You're not coming on the show like you wake up tomorrow morning and do this on meditation and it's all fixed, right? It's a very real, Okay, we're going to take it one step at a time and we're going to figure it out from there. I can also totally relate to the podcast thing, by the way, because I was talking about my podcast for many years and then I got the equipment. And I literally, it sat at my desk and I looked at it every day for a year. And then finally I like talked with myself and I was like, that's enough, Christine. If you want to get it done, we're going to get it done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, yeah, you you share it.
0: Like, I, I love that you have that same story, right? Cause it, it, it doesn't get any easier by waiting a year. Mm-hmm. It still feels freaking scary. The first time you hit record, at least for me, it did. Oh yeah. And it's just laughable to think, I don't know what I was waiting for. Did I think it just like one day I'd wake up, not afraid. <laughs> I don't know
1: no i can completely relate to that if you're here right now i know that you truly are royalty redefined and deciding right now that it's time for you to step into your power as the queen of your life and i want to give you a special resource completely for free to really help you do this on a whole integrative level I am super excited to share with you my inner queen meditation, which is a two minute power meditation to really help you tap into the energy of your inner queen. This meditation is guaranteed to leave you feeling not only more empowered, but more confident and clear in your role as a leader and as the queen of your life. To get access to this meditation completely for free, all you have to do is text the word QUEEN, that's Q-U-E-E-N, to 833-459-3914. Again, that's accessing your free 2-minute inner queen meditation by texting the word QUEEN to 833 833- 459 Four five nine three nine one four. 459 3914 If you need to take a second to pause this episode, text me the word queen to 833-459-3914 right now to make sure that you get this free meditation to tap into your inner queen. All right, let's get back to the episode. I feel like With any scary thing I've done in my life, and I'm sure every listener of the show can relate to this as well, you never feel completely ready. And it's really just a matter of reminding yourself of that and then taking that step forward. But the next thing that I want to touch on here that you mentioned is really the accountability factor. And I know this is something that you are so passionate about and for good reason, but I would love it if you can share when you were first wanting to start your podcast. How did you find that accountability that really spurred you to take this next step within your career?
0: Yes. So here's the unfortunate truth I've learned about myself. I will quit if not held massively accountable. And I think it's so valuable to know ourselves in that way, to know the excuses we turn to first when we get uncomfortable the reasons we give ourselves and we back it up with logic for why we're not going to complete that scary thing, why we're not going to keep that promise. And I actually learned this. This was the the powerful lesson I learned writing my book, which came first, was the two reasons I didn't quit. I was in a support system, a writing group that I'd paid first clue. I'd paid money to be a part of. I don't like to waste money. So I've realized this is the unfortunate part. I usually need a high level of financial accountability to make sure if I'm, if I'm really committed to a big leap in my growth, it typically requires a a equal size investment for me so that I have something on the line. I just know for myself that holds me massively accountable. That's not everyone. That's one of the things for me. Number two is I made sure in the writing process, I was doing it with other people who were on the same journey. So I could come to our calls and talk about like how I was bumping up against myself and talk about how I was feeling so scared or I was going through writer's block. And I heard from other people that they were going through it too. And it made me feel less alone. And you know the the thing about the podcast was I just applied those same lessons in a way. And right away, decided to hire someone to do the editing because I knew, and this is still the case to this day, someone will email me if my episode isn't in. And yes, technically, could I just skip that episode or say, oh no, I'm just going to skip this one. I guess I could, but again, I don't like to waste money. I'm invested financially in something. So I know that I'm going to show up because I've created the, the environment that I need in order to win. Cause it's not so much about, I'm afraid to put my voice out there anymore. Now it's, it's my schedule. And that's one of the first places that I'll go to default and self-sabotage is I'll just fill my life with other busy stuff. So I don't have to show up for the thing that doesn't ever feel as urgent. It doesn't feel as important, but it is the thing that's going to make the long-term difference. If I stay consistent in doing these couple of things week after week, year after year. So those two things, Um, really have created the accountability combined with focusing on who it's meant to serve. And this, this was tough for me at first, you know, dealing with imposter syndrome, thinking thoughts like, well, who is going to listen to me? But as I got started, I would hear from one person at a time. It wasn't hundreds at first, definitely wasn't thousands. I would, you know, share what I was working on with, with the book, just within my writing group. And I would I would share how I I bumped up against myself. I wanted to quit that week. And without even knowing that really, before I even had a chance to share that, someone would say, Lindsay, I can't wait to read this book. I need this book. I need you to finish it. This is speaking so deeply to me. And I remember being so pissed. I was like, dang it. I was like, (laughs) really had worked myself up to why it logically made sense to quit. But then I remembered, oh wait, this isn't about me. I just made something about me that isn't about me. Cause this, this was never about how I'm going to feel. It's about who it could possibly help. If it could just help one person. So whenever I'm doing the next big thing, I think, who is this going to serve? Let me get really clear about that. Because when I need a reminder, I'm going to go back to those people. And number two is uh, how accountable do I need to be? How, how much do I have to have something on the line financially or have a mentor or someone who I respect? That's going to just really force me to show up as the version of myself that I want to be. And that combination has has really worked wonders for my life, for my business. I put it into place anytime I'm doing something new and big and scary.
1: I love all of this because again, with everything that you're talking about here, it's all very actionable. It's all very attainable. These are things that any of us can do no matter what level it is that we're at. And I'm also the same way with my podcast, by the way. I also hired someone to edit my episodes because I wanted that accountability as well. And I think sometimes, you know, we see people online or on social media and we just see them and they're so powerful. But what we forget is that every major influencer, any major leader, they have a team, right? Maybe it's just an assistant. Maybe it's just an editor. Maybe it's 20 people, but no one truly does it alone. And I love that you just brought that to light for us. The next question that I have for you is really diving a little deeper into what you just mentioned because I'm super curious now. I love that you mentioned making it about something greater than yourself and thinking about who you're really serving because that's where that deep fire comes from. When you're thinking about who it is that you're serving, are you like writing down um, an ideal persona? Are you like imagining maybe a previous client or someone like sitting across from you? I would love if you can get specific on really how you've done this for yourself.
0: Ooh, such a great question. You know, for me now, it is specific people. And it's so many of the faces of the women in our Powerhouse Women community. Some who I know pretty well, some some who I don't or who I just get to observe online. And one of the, the greatest gifts is when you're able to like see firsthand the people that you want to serve and what they're struggling with. It's like, I I never run out of content or value that I can share because I am talking to my community every day, whether it be on Instagram, on one of our calls, on our text list, everywhere. I just want to be in their world so that I know how I can best serve. And it's the best motivation. It's the best inspiration for what I can do next. Or if I have a day and I do take days off, I'm not a 24-7 workaholic kind of person. I do work a lot though, because I love it. I wake up every day, so recharged and on fire to show up and and work on whatever it is that day, however it is that I'm going to serve. So it started for me when I was writing the book again, it was just a few people that I had had conversations with the whole inspiration behind that journey came from conversations. I would have with women specifically, where they would share their heart, they would share their big ideas, or even just the notion that they kind of sense they were meant for more. And in the very next breath, they would share why they weren't ready or they didn't think they had what it takes. And all these things that we can all relate to we are probably all nodding our heads right now. And it made me sit back and go, gosh, we have failed you because you did no one tell you that's actually how we feel every day? That's that's not a sign that you're not meant to do that thing. In fact, that's a pretty clear sign. You're meant to lean right on in, you know? And so in the beginning, it just was one conversation at a time that I would think back to when I was really in the, that moment where I wanted to give up. And I would think, okay, Megan, but what if what if I give up on Megan? Maybe she won't know that the fear and the doubt and the insecurity she's feeling is totally normal. I feel it daily. We're all in this together. And it was, it was just focusing on one person at a time. Now, if you are sitting there thinking, I don't have those people around me, here's, I want you to hear my heart. It is your job to find them. Go find one person you can help. There are infinite ways you can connect with the people you really want to serve and just get really curious about what's their lived experience, what's their day-to-day life like, where do they really bump up against themselves, their own thoughts, their own, you know, self-limiting beliefs, wh- whatever area it is that you want to help them, um, they're everywhere. If you really intentionally set out to find and connect with them, especially with the internet and social media these days, you know, follow like-minded content creators who you really really feel like you align with. I share this all the time. If you want to get feedback on your person, who you want to serve. Go find someone who's already serving them. And I'm not saying to go and poach people's clients or any of that. I I believe in abundance. I believe there is plenty to go around but start to creep on their comments. See what their followers are saying back to them. Maybe you have a specific area of expertise that this person doesn't cover. And you'll start to notice, oh, wow, there's a lot of moms here asking for content specifically around fitness for moms. And this person does general fitness. Oh, cool. Like there must be a need. So you can get feedback, even if they're not from people who are talking directly to you. But back to like, are you willing to believe in this vision from the start, whether or not anyone else sees you as the one to provide that value and be relentless in the pursuit of finding those people who you could help and just start with a couple.
1: Mm. I love, again, how easy and actionable you're making this for anyone, right? Any of us have the ability to go on social media, to go on Facebook communities and just to really find women or maybe men, if you want to help men who you really want to support and who you really want to serve. And something else I want to pick out based on what you've said is that it's all about finding, you know, real people. Right. It's not about sitting down and being like, who's hmm, like an imaginary person who I feel like would be kind of fun to think about. You know, yeah. it's really about finding those real people and learning how to help them with whatever real struggles they may be facing. Ooh,
0: and that you actually just reminded me to maybe share this, too, because. I think for some people, it can be maybe an imaginary um, like avatar they create. And if that works for you, that's awesome. But this is you reminded me what I did also in the beginning is I thought about who I was a year or three years ago. Imagine that you're you're you have the opportunity to sit down with yourself from three years ago, and what did that version of yourself need to hear? You know, a lot of us are creating businesses from things that we've transformed in our own lives, and if that's you, then one of the most powerful things because you remember like intimately how it felt, what were your fears, what kept you up at night. You know that person. It's you, right? So don't be afraid to whether it's creating kind of like this avatar idea. Um, from that, you know, that thought process, but, you know, if any of us think who we were a year or three years ago, we've grown so much in that time and just tap back in to who you were, what you were doing, what your life looked like and, and what you were feeling at that time, endless inspiration for what you can create.
1: I think that's such a really great way to to really put your heart into it, right? When you can think about maybe your younger self, whether that was a year ago or 10 years ago, and really what that person needed at that time, because you have your memories, you know, those struggles, you know, those pain points. And then what a powerful way to really create from the heart. So my one of my last questions for you is actually going to be How do you have fun amidst scaling your business? We know that you are just such an incredible entrepreneur over here, and Lindsay is so humble, but you are so accomplished and have just created such an incredible impact in the world. And I love your drive and the fire, and really how much you're really just pushing forward in such a genuine and heart centered way. But I would also love to hear how you allow yourself to have fun in the journey. Yes. You know, I used to make
0: this joke that. I am not the fun one in my marriage. I have a husband who is so fun and I would joke that he is my fun coach. So that really helps to have a partner who is just playful and has that childlike spirit and equally powerful, just way better than me at bringing fun into every day. And that's what he's really taught me is it's okay that I love to work. There is so much joy and fun in my day-to-day especially getting to plan like a live event. We geek out my team and I just over like the the fun things we get for our swag bags and all of these different little elements. It really is so much fun for me. So number one would be learning to welcome fun into the journey um, day by day. The second thing that really fills me up is connection. So where can I, you know, where can I interrupt my work week with a little connection break, a walk with someone, a workout with someone, a meal with someone that is really what fills me up most. And then just these random little moments. Um, I am a little bit of like a homebody. I love to be out there online and, you know, at events, deep down, I'm I'm more introverted in terms of I, I recharge alone. So I loved it. Like my home just feels really nourishing. And my husband and I like do weird dances. Like I'm just, he, <laughs> there's a version of me. If a reality show camera ever followed us around, I think people would be hopefully pleasantly surprised, but surprised <laughs> uh, just by how weird and quirky we really are behind closed doors. But um, I think that that just comes back to uh, inviting fun and humor. I love to laugh, like stand up comedy, all of that. Just inviting that into every day.
1: Hmm. I love how, with incorporating fun, it wasn't you saying we need to spend, you know, $10,000 and go on a crazy vacation or anything like that. It's again, just these really attainable action steps of how can you have more fun? every single day. And I love what you said about the dances too. I personally love to dance. I dance every day, like just to kind of like move the body and like bring that fun back into the journey. So I love that you just touched on all of that. My latest obsession
0: is because it is so bad is (laughs) I, every day my husband's like, okay, show, show it to me. And I've been trying to learn how to twerk And it's terrible. (laughs) This twerk needs some work, honey. It is bad. And it just, I mean, we like roll on the floor laughing, (laughs) but it's like, it's, it's finding those things that do just like bring you joy that like, make me feel like a kid again. And yeah, that's the most recent one. So stay tuned. I should really should chronicle it. It is, this is content gold because it's that bad. (laughs) Lindsay, are you going to twerk at your event? Probably not. The outfit (laughs) I'm wearing wouldn't really allow it. It's not very, yeah, there's not a lot of mobility in the outfit I'm wearing, but we'll see. Never
1: say never. Oh my goodness. Well, on that note, Lindsay, it has been such a joy to have you on the podcast today. And I'm sure that at this point, any powerhouse woman think link Who's listening to this right now is probably thinking to themselves, okay, I've heard so much about accountability, the power of connection, and really having people in the journey with you. And I know that you have incredible online memberships that women can join. I actually recently joined one of them where you can just connect with other like-minded women and Get that support and accountability, but you also have a live event coming up, which I've been hearing the hype about for over a year. I have to tell you, like, it started a year ago. Oh my gosh, that I'm makes serious. Me so happy. I actually had a friend in California who like called me up in July of last year and was like, are you going to the powerhouse Woman event? I was like, no, what is this?" She's like, it's in Arizona. You have to go check it out. And I wasn't able to make it because I got sick. But I've been like hearing the hype about this event for over a year now. And (laughs) just based on what I've heard from other people, it just sounds like such a powerful opportunity to connect with others. And I'll definitely be there um, showing up, meeting people, learning. But I would love it if you can tell us a little bit more about Ways people can find you, more about your event, and just ways people can connect with what you're offering. Oh my gosh, you're so generous, and it
0: it really is um, just the craziest thing. Every day, I have this the deepest gratitude that this is what I get to do for a living is be surrounded by women just like you, and the light you bring to spaces, and you know anyone who's felt kind of lonely in this journey. I just want you to know that you do not have to feel that way. There are others out there who genuinely want to support you and encourage you. And if you follow Christina, it's like just more of her, right? (laughs) More of that. So there's a couple different ways. Um, The first one is totally free and it's, it's something that it's one of my favorite places to serve and it's our podcast. So if you're listening to this and you love podcasts and you loved this conversation, we have a whole lot more of that over on the powerhouse women podcast and would so love to have you join us over there. Um, We have a membership community, which Christina mentioned. It's like just the most beautiful, encouraging corner of the internet. I am definitely biased of course. And it is, It's really all geared around letting you know that it's totally safe to be equally unapologetic about how big your goals are and real about the stuff that's hard. And we do uh, different calls and connection opportunities throughout the month. And it's all virtual. So you can really join from anywhere. Um, if you happen to be up for a girl's trip and want to join us in Scottsdale, again, super biased, but the Powerhouse Women event every year, is it's my favorite weekend of the entire year. I don't need a birthday. I don't need anything else. <laughs> it's its that weekend. That's it for me. And its we have all of these conversations, what you just heard both of us dive into today live and in person with about four to 500 other like-minded women. And if you've been to live events before, you know, the power of being immersed in that energy, you walk out a little bit taller, you walk out a little bit more connected to your vision and then set up with some of the other places that we have available to connect set up to continue that through the connections that you make and through the people that you meet. And that's what it's really all about. And uh, that's taking place in Scottsdale, August 26th and 27th. It's going to be here before we know it. Um, And I cannot wait to see you there, Christina, and so many more of you, hopefully.
1: I am so excited for this event. And what I'm going to go ahead and do is in the show notes, I'll link um, a place where they can find you on Instagram and also check out your event if they want to go to that. I've already got my ticket. I am so excited to go. Lindsay, it has been such an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Are there any final words of inspiration or words of wisdom that you want to leave us with before we sign off?
0: Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, you are an incredible interviewer and host and just human being I am so honored to have gotten to spend this time with you. I feel like you just covered everything that we could possibly cover. I think the only thing we can end with is, and this is our motto, it's what I live by, and it's what the Powerhouse Women event lives by. It's just that we're not meant to do business or life alone. We're just not meant to do any of this alone. And if you're feeling alone right now, it is on you. And I say this with so much love to find those people and those environments and communities where you feel safe and at home and they are out there. I guarantee it, whether it's the powerhouse women community or another one that you really love, but they're, it, we are living in a day and age where we have to know that the way to go further faster is if we go together. And I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to chat with you today. So thank you.
1: Of course, Lindsay. It has been so much fun to have you on the show. And I hope to see some of you guys at the event.